Welcome to the Skyrocket Education Podcast. Featuring Michael Sonbert and Antonio Vance. They've coached, trained, and partnered with thousands of teachers and school leaders from over 100 cities and eight countries around the world. They've seen everything, and they're here to share that with you. Get ready for the most honest, no BS, totally unfiltered education podcast around. Buckle up for informal observations. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Informal Observations with Skyrocket Education. I'm Michael Sombert, the founder of Skyrocket, here as always with the good doctor, Dr. Antonio Vance. Vance, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. I'm excited to bring out our guest tonight. Um, he is, I'm going to talk more about him in a minute, but he goes by only one name, like <laughs> Prince... <laughs> Or Madonna, he's that kind of star. This guy, he's uh, he goes just by the name Kirby, and he is from a school called Milwaukee College Prep in Milwaukee. And we're going to be bringing him out in a little bit. Um, before we get to Kirby, let's do our three questions with the good doctor. Are you just jumping right in today, huh? Well, I'm getting right in there, but I do want to say something. I want to say one thing, but I just I brought up pop music, and it's making me think. You know, I'm a huge pop music fan, right? We've talked about this, right? Yeah, often. I, I, I'm going to make a radical proclamation right here that <laughs> pop music in the year 2021 is currently the best that it has been since the 1980s. What? Yes. I what? think that pop music has had a resurgence a, a, between The weekend and Halsey and Lizzo and even like artists like Timberlake and Justin Bieber's become a serious artist, right? Like we've gone away from, and I liked the Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera in sync days. I liked that stuff, but it was really sugary and not that, what? not all that interesting. No, you tell, tell me, push back. I want it. I, I disagree. I, I mean, I mean I'm not a pop music fan, but yeah, I mean, I, I knew like one or two of the people that you just mentioned. Maybe I'm just getting old, but well, I, so I disagree. I think the music and the, I even think the, the like the early, the late nineties, early two thousands was like the it. Who's that? Tell me who's, who are our pop music? Who are our pop stars back then? Well, you just said. Britney and so Britney and sync that whole, that era that whole era yeah music is nowhere near that now so here's where here's where I disagree um, and let me tell you how I've discovered this so my kids are getting older and we've gone away from like listening to TV show theme songs I know our guest is a big Paw Patrol fan and what we've done for the last couple of years is we listen to um, uh, TV show theme songs in the car. So Paw Patrol and Bubble Guppies and Mickey Mouse and all this stuff. And my, my children are graduating to listening to pop music and okay. saying, what, what song is this? And I like this song. And it's forced me to really listen. And so it, it forced me to really listen to what's popular today. And I'm telling you, man, it is really, really good serious, well-written pop music that's happening. Now, if the argument is like, hey, the current folks are not as famous as Britney or Christina, ex-Tina, uh, Backstreet, and those groups, then I totally agree. I'm telling you right now, the music today is better than that music, and I'm going to make you a playlist and send it yes, your way. Make me a playlist. I guarantee you I'm not, I mean, all of the music- Don't guarantee it in advance. I'm not going to send you something if you're guaranteeing me in advance. That you're not going to like it. I, 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 I can probably guarantee you that I'm not going to dance. I, I can think of tons of songs from the, the 2000s that I danced to. Maybe because I, I, I don't know. I just, I do not, I am not going to dance in the club to any of the people that you just mentioned that I still, like, I'm not dancing to Justin Bieber. I am not. Okay. So, send me the playlist and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll rediscuss this, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to send you a playlist. Right. Um, and I think we should start, uh, we should see if we can collect a fund 
to get, see how much money we can get to, to get Dr. Vance to dance to Justin Bieber on, on informal observation. Yeah. I, well, (laughs) I listened, there was a football coach today who was uh, asked if he was going to take a college job. And he said, there's not a blank check big enough. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I think it's reminded me of this of this conversation. Uh, Dr. Vance, what's the most important life skill that a person can have? I'm going to ask our guest this question as well. What's the most important life skill a person can have, in your opinion? I mean, that's really tough. Uh, the two things that come to mind are, I don't know if this is a life skill, but like being reflective. Yeah and integrity. I know you only asked for one, but I don't, I, I, I can't decide between the two. Didn't we, did we, we had the conversation, it was, this was a skyrocket conversation where we found out that one, a version of the word integrity is integris, right? And then do we, did we is try that and start, came, is that one of my, that might be a vanceism for yeah. the folks at home that, that, that you should know that Antonio will come up with, he'll say a word in casual conversation. That's like, it sounds made up. And also like, it sounds like it's, it's brilliant. It's both brilliant and made up at the same time. And then we all look it up and it's always, he's, it's always the right way. It's always, it's always a real word. And, uh, and that becomes part of everybody. You use the word concatenate. You use the word concatenate once while talking to one of our partners. And I was like, what the f- did this guy just say? And then it turns out it's a real word. What does it mean? It means to collect things, put they put a bunch of like disparate things together. Is that accurate? I, I don't know. I think I, I don't know. I think I just learned it that day. And- <laughs> I've forgotten. Um, it's an Excel word, you know, put things together. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with um, being reflective. I, 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 that's something that I think is cornerstone uh, for you know, interacting and I, yeah, people that are not reflective, I, I think rarely um, are successful. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's a great one. I, um, um, I, we, we had uh, movers. We, I moved in the middle of the pandemic, which I don't suggest that anybody does. Uh, it wasn't a great idea. It wasn't our, it wasn't our plan. We started looking at a house in February of 2020 and then the pandemic hit. But we had these movers come to our house and it was three older guys uh, and one younger guy. And by older, uh, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s and younger, uh, older than older than the kid. I don't mean older, older, but like older than the kid. Um, And then there was one kid who was like 18. And I just see this kid sitting in the cab of the truck. They're, they're, they're sitting four across and the they're you know, the guys, it's 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 you know, it's March and it's pretty cold. Um, it's not super cold, but it's not warm and they're smoking cigarettes and I'm watching this kid just like inhale the cigarette smoke from these older dudes and he's getting, he's the, they're, they're making him do all the grunt work and he's lifting the heaviest stuff and they're not being terribly kind to him. And it, it made me, I've had jobs like that. And I think you learn a certain amount of humility when you are in a situation like that. And the the movers left and I said, man, I don't know if this will exist anymore with like computers and everybody wanting to be a TikTok star or whatever it is. But I I think that everybody should have a job like that in their their youth where they are the lowest person on the totem pole, where they are getting, whether it's cigarette smoke or whatever, but they're cleaning up or they're washing dishes or they're doing, I think like everybody should have that kind of job. I think it, it leads to a certain amount of humility, a certain like knock you down a few pegs. And I don't know that that's the most important thing, but when I thought of this question, it's the thing that, that really, that really stood out to me. And I think it leads to a certain level of of resilience, which I was torn between like humility and resilience. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it leads to a certain amount of resilience because you just, you gotta, you got, you've got to be tough and you've got to, um, you know, you've got to be able to hold your own. Got it. Hmm. Dishwasher. I mean, this sounds <laughs> like an excerpt from your book. I feel like I'm like you're narrating a part of your life. Maybe, maybe. I, uh, I think this is from some deep-seated, um, unresolved teenage year, Michael Sombert, young Mark Michael Sombert life. <laughs> 
That's right. I'm still I'm still a dishwasher at heart. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you are. You are. Uh, what uh, man? What's something you've learned recently? Something that might uh, that inspired you? Something that might resonate with our audience? Yeah. Um, I think something that inspired me. Uh, one of the uh, one of our one of our uh, coaches and uh, one of our leader coaches. We were having a conversation about um, what some a phenomena that we've been seeing in schools uh, that and we we both found out we were reading the same book, um, which is um, Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain um, from Zaretta Hammond, and this idea around dependent learners and how that is, that we've seen more, this phenomenon more um, around how schools are so, you know, deeply entrenched in trying to support students that we're actually creating this, this bubble of dependent learners mm. where the, the teacher and the, or the educator is really taking the lead of the learning for the, the student and the student becomes dependent on the adult instead of independent for themselves in learning. And we, you know, and we were both really thinking about how that book pushed us to think about other ways to really start to wean, um, you know, as, as we push leaders to push teachers around how to get students to be more independent. Uh, but this is something, I mean, it's been around, but I think more so now uh, because folks have realized, you know, there's just a lot happening in the world. Uh, we're starting to emerge from this, this pandemic. We're starting to now see all of the trauma and things that have happened, maybe while students were at school and teachers and leaders are really sort of like, huddling around kids, putting all this energy in um, and, and creating this environment um, that feels good, but in the end um, really does not benefit um, students. And uh, so it was really interesting, great conversation. We have some great folks on our team and it was a really great push, um, I think from both of us to really think about how to support leaders and teachers during that time. And it, it's, it sounds like it's, it's not born out of um... Uh, anything other than wanting to do right by by students, yeah. but yeah. it creates uh, it creates. Uh, I mean, the the uh, it sounds like. I mean, are you familiar with the term learned helplessness? Are you familiar yeah, with that absolutely. term at all? I, that so that is the other word that we that would substitute it with. Um, uh-huh. I feel like that term might have a little bit more negative connotation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it is the same phenomenon. And you're right. It's not born out of anything malice. I mean, I've done it. I've been a teacher and I've been like, oh, the answer is this. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like you need to. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. where productive struggle was born from. Right. That we have to get yeah. students to productively struggle. And that was one of the solutions that we really have to push folks to let students do that. And um, I don't know. I think, I, you know, I always think, you know, I, I'm, I'm very reflective and I just reflected back, you know, to my days as a teacher, my days as a leader, as a principal around how like I created sort of the, you know, these environments and ways that we can just push leaders to think differently. Right on, man. Um, That resonates, that resonates deeply with me. Uh, Mine's a little, mine's a little different. Do you know who a football player named Jared Goff is? Are you familiar with him? He's a quarterback for the Detroit Lions. He was the quarterback for the Rams for, for a bunch of years. No. (laughs) Okay. Um, good, <laughs> nice answer. Jared Goff, I think he was the number one pick in the draft. He played at one of the Southern California schools. It might have been UCLA. I'm not sure. But he was uh, he was a high pick in the draft, if not number one. You know, um, I want to Google team- while you talk. Yeah, tell me because fact check me in real time. I know. Um, but he was a quarterback for the for the Rams, Southern California. They went to an actual Super Bowl together they they lost to the to the patriots to the tom brady patriots but uh he just got traded last year uh the right before this this uh football season and he got mm-hmm. traded to the to the detroit lions and they basically did a one-for-one swap and they brought this the uh, the Lions sent qb named matthew matthew stafford to the rams and the rams sent jared goff to detroit and they're, Detroit is now, you know, the Rams are one of the best teams in the league. And Matthew Stafford is being celebrated. And Jared Goff, uh, their team is 0-7. Uh, and he is, by you know, most football standards, um, uh, doing really poorly, 
Um, he's spoken of poorly in conversations, uh, well, television, you know, analysts and, um, and, uh, and just in, in casual conversations that I have with people, the, the sentiment is that like Jared Goff is a, is a bum, right? He's not good. It just made me think like, what a, what a fragile kind of ecosystem, right? We all operate in, because here's this guy who, um, by, 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 uh, really objective measures is a is a huge success. I don't know what his most recent contract was, but I'm sure it's in the you know in the in the tens, if not north of a hundred million dollars. One hundred thirty four million dollar contract, right? Was he the number one pick in the draft? Do you have this that? Is, I'm I'm now this is Wikipedia, so <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reading about his the the trade and everything. Uh, right. Oh wow. I just, uh, you awesome. can't say, oh, wow, on a podcast and then just, oh, sorry, say, sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. And then nothing. My bad. Um, the listeners just, you know, Wikipedia, this guy. But anyway, I just, I think it's such, by every objective measure, the guy's a huge success, right? I, I imagine that most people who are listening to us right now do not have $134 million. Um, and you probably, has i mean he could probably retire tomorrow uh, and never work a day in his life another day in his life and probably lives in a mansion not that that's the way i quantify success and i don't think it's the way you quantify it either but here's this guy who um went from the you're making a face do you want to have a mansion <laughs> I, mean, I mean a race i mean you know, <laughs> mansion, you know i'm fine you know i'll take one million i'll be good Okay. When our, when our, uh, to our partners who are listening, when our prices soar next year, please know it's to, uh, it's to subsidize Antonio Vance's lavish lifestyle and his, uh, his mansion and, 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 uh, his, uh, his gin, his many fancy gins and coffees. Prices are going up. Yes. I just, uh, uh, I just think like you, you, if you're if you're in the game, right? And I mean the not the literal game of football. I think yeah. like in the game, like like we are, right? Like our guest is that you have to be okay with the fact that you're gonna get knocked down. You could be great. You could have been great for the last three years, and if your school looks like shit today, like nobody cares about the last three years, and they're coming for you, and they're gonna say terrible things about you. And by the way, you're gonna also get coaching. Cause I'm sure he's getting coaching right now. Um, obviously he's, he's an athlete, but like you're like, folks are going to come for you and they're going to knock you down and you gotta always be great. You gotta always be great. And, and, and also be okay with the fact that when you're not, you're going to hear it. And, um, it doesn't mean you're not successful. It doesn't mean you're not at the top. Like Jared Goff has one of 32 jobs in the entire world. Right. I mean, our leaders are talented people, right? The people like we coach are talented people, but there are, there are, there are thousands of those jobs, right? There's, there are 32 people in the whole world that get to be NFL quarterbacks. Jared Goff is one of them. And right now his reputation sucks. Everybody thinks he sucks, right? He's like, I can't like, I, I, I just, I can't imagine what is, what is like, what is the narrative. I bet he doesn't listen to the radio in Detroit because they're yeah. killing the guy. Um, and it's just part, it's part of the gig, right? It's part of like, even at the top of the mountain, like people are, you're, you've got to continue to be amazing. And I think it's a good lesson for anybody who's really in it. One of the things we say at Skyrocket is that pressure is a privilege mm -hmm. uh, because folks who don't have pressure um, aren't really in it. And that's no judgment against them. Um, but if you go to work and, and you get there at nine and you leave at five and you have your hour lunch and if you disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow and it wouldn't make a difference at all in the, in the, in the, for the company you work for, again, no judgment at all, but there's probably less pressure there than, than, uh, than some of the folks that we get to talk to on our show. So anyway, ma'am, um, I'm glad you got to look up Jerry Goff and uh, you got to discover some things about him. Um, what, uh, if anything, are you drinking, man? What's the, at the last on the last podcast? There were rumors that we were smoking something. We we weren't. Um, on you this started one, those rumors. <laughs> you started um, the rumors. <laughs> hey, man. As Lizzo said, the rumors the rumors are true. Um, of course not. Uh, what are you drinking, man? Anything? Yes, 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 yes. Um, back to, you know, old favorite. I'm doing the crown and pineapple. 
Crown. I know you you drink the special kind of Crown Royal. It's like Crown Royal Apple, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Somebody um, recently joked me about it, though. They said that um, that Crown Apple is only reserved for um, women who are sixty years or older who sit at bars with smoke and talk like this um, and smoke <laughs> cigarettes. And be like, come here, honey. Um, but yeah, I like Crown Royal Apple and I'm not at a jazz club. Um, that is an incredibly specific put down. I know it was. And I, felt, like a... I felt some kind of way. I did. Yeah. I felt some kind of way because I like well, Crown Royal. I, uh, whoever that person was, I want them to talk some sense into you about Justin Bieber in 2021. Gosh, um, bring up the guests. I can't do this anymore. I, I am not. <laughs> listen, I, you know, I just finished this uh, challenge. Today is the first day that I'm actually technically allowed to have a drink, but I raced. I'm in Beloit, Wisconsin. I raced here from Milwaukee and just got here right as the show started. So I don't have a drink. I have water. I am I am uh, I am so psyched that our guest is here. I am very annoyed that I don't have a cocktail, but on the next show, I will have a cocktail. Let's bring out um, let's bring out our guest. I want to tell you a little bit about how I met this guy. And I know that you know him as well. I was um, visiting some schools in Milwaukee. I was at a school called Milwaukee College Prep. And they were having, at this school, they were having this uh, chant, um, chant cheer competition during morning assembly. And I walked in and there was this dude who was uh, so dynamic and so motivational and was uh, just pumping up the room, but also with this like super high bar and uh, super like congratulatory message for for kids after they would do their 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 chants. Um, And he had the grownups going and he had the kids going and we actually pivoted off our schedule for the day so we could we were supposed to be there just for three minutes. We wound up staying there for the whole time because of how much uh, uh how amazing the, the the scene was and how much of a just an absolute rock star this this guy was and by the way i think rock star in education is an overused term uh people say it about every teacher who can get kids to sit down um this this guy is is actually a true rock star and so later this guy uh comes to join our um our debriefs when we're coaching teachers and I see that he's got the same the same skill level that he's got around like motivation and culture and student and staff relationships. He's got the same skill level about analyzing classrooms and teacher coaching and instruction. And I said, well, I thought we've got to have the guy on the show. But I'm like, I don't know if he knows about the show or if he wants to be on the show. And it's kind of like, is it weird? Is it not? So I, I just I kind of like I put the idea off and, and I, I just go about my business the rest of the day. And as I'm walking out of the school that day, he says goodbye to me and whispers to me, hey, man, I'm a huge fan of the show. And it gives me an opening to say, because before that, I was embarrassed. I'm like, I don't want to ask the guy. I don't know if he thinks it's weird. And I say, hey, man, please come on. We'd love to have you on. And so our guest goes by one name. He goes by the name Kirby. Um, He is a dean of students at Milwaukee College Prep's Lloyd Campus. And he is our special guest tonight, Kirby. How are you tonight, man? Thanks for being here. Hey, I feel blessed. I'm even hey. more blessed that I'm here. What's up, everybody? What up, the good doctor? How <laughs> you doing, up? Dr. Vance? I'm great. I'm great, brother Kirby. How are you? Man, I'm good, brother. And now you two, I just may have to like step because you two have a connection that runs real deep here. So I think I might be the third wheel. Can somebody explain your connection outside uh, that we just discovered <laughs> recently, but that's outside of education? Oh, yes. This is my beloved fraternity brother. Uh, we are both members of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, founded on the campus. Uh, so cold. So cold. So cold. So cold. <laughs> Before I can get there, it's a Cornell. 1906, brother. Oh, I, I may, yeah, I may so just... Excited. I may just uh, just tell me if you want me to be quiet and I'll, uh, I'll step, I'll step <laughs> We can do this all night. <laughs> Kirby, are you having a cocktail, man? What's uh, what are you drinking? Anything? Hey, I got something special for today. I'm drinking a Cuban mojito. What? Whoa! <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, a, a Cuban mojito. It, it, it came this way. I didn't make anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that looks delicious. It's all like hey. it looks like that for like the the white Gatorade, the one that's like. Uh, 
the like the Gatorade chill that you're like, what flavor is this? This definitely was made in a laboratory, but um, it's delicious. Well, well, can you hold that up again? Can we see that? Oh yes, it's it's the cape. Oh, I, I don't. I'm not going to give them advertisement, but y'all could see it. Oh, please do. They might sponsor the show. We tried to do it. Oh, cool. Hey, this is a Cayman Jack. It's fire. <laughs> Um, the tequila one is very good. The margarita one, the Moscow mule is pretty good. Um, oh. you, you already know, Sombert, when you have kids, you don't really have time to be bartender <laughs> anymore. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take what is already made. Yeah. Just like, I'm going to grab the, I'm just going to grab the closest thing. So to the good people at Cayman Jack, we tried to get Hendrix gin to sponsor us last year. That was a big, a big, <laughs> no, a big, a uh, big X. So we're going to ask you at Cayman Jack to hook it up. <laughs> Send the case care it's of delicious. Uh, it's affordable, yeah. it's delicious, and it quenches the thirst. All right. I'm going to have oh to add God. it to my rotation. I'm adding it yes, to the I'm... rotation. Kirby, before we start, I asked Vance the question, what's the most important life skill a person can have? I'm I'm interested. I'm going a little off script here, but I'm interested if you have thoughts on that on that subject. Oof. Resilience. Yeah. resilience resilient you can't quit when things get tough as they often may don't quit keep going um i just think about my life and how plenty of things that's thrown at you to stop you um and if i would have allowed those things to stop me or to deter me i wouldn't be where i am today i wouldn't even be here you know i never imagined my life as great as it is now i never imagined it would be this dope um but i kept pushing i kept fighting i kept going um, I'll say resilience, don't quit. And, and it feels like, and thanks Kirby, it feels like every time, I mean, quitting is easier, right? I mean, it's easier. Um, and uh, it feels like every time, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, that every time I don't, even when I want to, even at, even at my age now, I'm not talking about 20 years ago, I'm talking about now, like when it's like, I don't want to do that thing. It'd be easier not to like every time I do, I feel like it adds like I just, I don't know, like it, I, people use the term like, you know, fill the cup, right? Often I feel like it, it fills the cup. It goes into my, whatever it, it goes, it, like it energizes me. It's a, it's a win that I get to carry with me. And I, I think it, I think it's something that it's such an important, important piece, man. I'm so glad yeah, you shared that. Yeah, especially the part of just like remembering what you've already overcome. Mm. It's easy to just overcome or just it's easy. Any obstacle that comes up after that, like I can easily maneuver that. Like, look what I've already been through. Look what I've already overcome. Like, this ain't nothing. Yep. I love it. I love it. Um, tell us about your role. Tell us about your role, Kirby. What, 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 tell us what your job is. What does it look like on a daily basis? And what do you see as your most important responsibility in that role? So I am the proud middle school dean of students um, at Milwaukee College Prep, the Lloyd Street campus. Um, it's the best campus. Um, uh, so we, we kind of changed the title. Essentially, I'm just a dean of students, but uh, we changed it to more of like a dean of culture. That's that's the new role. I feel like that's that's what everybody's going to call themselves now. Nice. Um, and, and in this role, I, I feel like I, I probably do like three things. Um, the first one is that I coach teachers and I really push teachers and support teachers. Um, the other one is I really push for character development uh, in our school regarding staff and students. You know, character development is a lifelong thing. Um, and the last one is that I really try my hardest to advocate for families. Um, I'm constantly in every meeting, every conversation I'm having mm -hmm. with students and teachers is trying, especially now more than ever since COVID, like really advocating for families and making sure that their voice is heard and, and just making sure that school is a place that they can trust or our school is a place that they can trust. It's interesting sometimes when it feels like um, families are almost left uh, out of the conversation in some places, not yeah. always by uh, administrators, but sometimes teachers. We've all heard teachers say things like, I mean, I've, call I've called this house, you know, mom, you know, his parents don't care, right? Like. Uh, because they haven't gotten back in, in a timeline that feels, you know, quote unquote, right to that teacher right. and that there are places like that. So uh, do you see that as your most important responsibility is advocating for families and advocating for students along the way? Of course. Um, without like families to me are, are probably one of the I call it like a little triangle, you know, 
I was teachers, students, and families. And I feel like without family support, like everything else is gonna fumble. Like everything else is gonna crash. If you haven't won your families over, if, if your families don't trust you, mm. it's gonna be a terrible year. Mm. That was always my first to do when I was the teacher. I need to win these families over. Kirby, um, you you talk about um, this 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 idea of like school culture and dean of students, and I think you know a lot of times folks get confused. What, what how do you define school culture? What's school culture? Oh well, the word culture it means to care. Um, when you break down the word, it means to care. Um, and I kind of try I try my hardest to um, encompass that and embody that and just spew it out wherever I go. Um, and it's to care. It's to care about your education. It's to care about your character. It's to care about uh, the environment. Uh, we kind of have like sayings we throw at the kids all the time. It's like, I'll build a better tomorrow for me, uh, my family and my community. Um, and it's just getting people to care. Um, what, uh, I'm sorry, Vance, did I cut you off? No, 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 no. I'm thinking about that word care and culture. How That's amazing. Uh, Kirby, I've seen you move a, a room of a few hundred students and adults, and it seems like, at least in that experience, folks were equal parts motivated and riveted and bought into your message. And so how do you, um, how do you make something like that a reality? And second part of the question is, why don't more leaders do that? Why don't more leaders do what I saw you do on that? you know, Thursday morning in Milwaukee a month or a month or so ago? Um, so the first question was, how do I do it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first time that that's ever been done was not that Thursday. Um, I am a huge component of like the faucet, uh, you, you know, for everybody that doesn't teach like a champion, like it is always joy around me. Um, and we do it in the lunchroom. Uh, we do it when we're outside at recess. And so practice makes permanent. And so for us, um, I knew that if we were gonna do something like a chant fest and have 200 kids in, a, in one space, we're gonna have to build that muscle up. There's no way that we can just expect for them to meet the expectation without building that muscle up. Um, and so I, we were doing things, um, obviously not as extravagant as chant fest, but we would we'd be doing like dance battles in the cafeteria and rap battles in the cafeteria and spelling bees and all type of different stuff so that they can learn the faucet of let's turn up and let, and then let's turn it off and let's get focused back to what we're doing. Um, so I kind of, I, I, I learned to flex that muscle right away with kids or work on that muscle right away with kids. And so it, it was easy for me to say, all right, bye. Yeah, Michael, actually, let me ask this uh, one question. Um, Kirby, you've often talked about and shared that educating um, youth is like a is a political act. Can you talk a little bit more about that and this political act idea? Oh, that's that's a beastie question. Um, so one, I, I just I am educating the youth in the city of Milwaukee. Um, and it, for any listener that doesn't understand Milwaukee or like the context around this city, um, it's an amazing city. It's a beautiful city, um, but it's the most segregated city um, in America. Um, and so redlining is very real. Um, even if it was a regular public school, um, it's very common that an entire school would be all black. Um, my school that I teach at is all black. I love it. I, I wouldn't want to be at any other place but the place that I'm at. Um, and so when I say it's a political act, that's the first piece is that like, we have to be cognizant that we are educating and uplifting black children. Like that is a huge load to unpack by yourself. Um, and then the second piece is like, when you just think about everything that's going on in society in America, um, teaching is political. I mean, it's laws being passed right now saying that you can't talk about real things that happen in history. Like, slavery and founders of the constitution having slaves and uh social justice like there there are real it's, it's political um in a sense of to where there's so much funding uh political funding uh governmental funding that's being brought into the education um and to choose to teach where you teach or to teach what you teach um is a political act um, I come from a family of educators from the building that I teach at, my great grandfather taught at. Um, so it's important to me is that there, it was a black school. 
all black staff, um, all black children. I mean, we're not at, obviously with you know laws and stuff, it's very difficult to really have an all black staff, um, but that's political for students to see that like this building has existed through um, the building of the highway during the devastation of Bronzeville um, and like the Phoenix, we will rise, like we will become better. Um, and just going back to like it being Milwaukee, like you cannot teach in Milwaukee and not have a political stance. Like there's no way that you can come into this building every day and not decide right here and there that like this is war like i'm taking my stance in a battle right isn't the idea like isn't like neutrality is impossible right in this in this work right yeah it doesn't exist you, it, doesn't it cannot exist, exist. Yep. because even the even the not taking a stance is taking a stance mm -hmm. because if you say i'm going to advocate for these pieces of history being omitted from the curriculum and even being omitted from our conversations, you are taking a stance that is the opposite stance of that, right? Um, and that is, uh, yeah, that is, that is, I mean, I don't think most people know how segregated Milwaukee is. I don't think, I didn't know until I started working there. Yeah, you, you literally can be driving down one street and you will bust a corner and you in a whole, it's, it's a whole different Milwaukee. Um, I'm blessed to where, to where uh, my my family, where I'm located in the city of, of Milwaukee, um, it's it's a nice part. I'm not gonna front, but if you walk across two blocks from my house, it's it's a street called North Street. Um, it's cracking. <laughs> After mm -hmm. here, it's it's cracking. Wow. I was on North Street uh, yesterday. I got where was lunch. You at? At, well, I was at one of your schools. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we got lunch at Jake's. Do you know Jake's? I do. Thanks, corned beef. Mm -hmm. um, Kirby, I've seen you uh, move a room of a few hundred students and adults, and it seemed to me that everybody was equal parts riveted and motivated and bought into to you and your message. And so my question, I have two questions here. One is how the heck do you do that? And two, why don't more leaders do that? Um, I a couple things that's big to unpack. Um, the yeah. first one is that I really believe in like the teach like a champion uh, model where it talks about like the faucet, like having joy and being able to turn it off and stay focused. Um, the first time that a, a room like that was moved, that was not my first time doing that. Um, I always have at bats where I'm flexing that muscle, even with my scholars, um, to where we having dance battles in the cafeteria, we having spelling bees, uh, we having freestyle. Um, whatever the case may be, the new TikTok challenge. Um, but I needed to build that muscle with them mm -hmm. to know that we can have fun, but we also can turn it off and get focused at the exact same time. Um, now that second piece, that second question is a lot to yeah. unpack. Um, I really believe in like um, Ubuntu. I really believe that uh, I am because we are. Um, and so I, I feel like for the scholars perspective, like the scholars know, our, our kiddos know that like it's their school. Um, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this, but I don't care. I'm like, no decision is made on my end without another kid being present. Right. Um, for example, like no kid is suspended unless another kid or kids are there. Um, and we teach our children how to have like peace circles. And so they know how to conduct them. And so they, they will decide right away. Um, and sometimes the kids will even say that like, this is, I think that I should get this punishment um, or I should get this consequence. I don't really like the word punishment because uh, I'm not a parent, but um, we, we shouldn't give that consequence. I don't like that. Um, I, I love it because it created that community to where like you can only embarrass yourself, so to say, if you trust the people that's in the room with you. Um, mm. And so that trust was built uh, mm. from our scholars to scholars um, and even more so like with our with our staff. Um, I kind of took that being a teacher, I kind of took them on as my students. And so the, the things that I would do to build community with my own classroom, I just began to do with my team um, to where something I planted in my class was like groupism. Um, I hated individualism. Like I probably, <laughs> I don't know, but it is like the death to the classroom. I don't like it. 
Um, I really love groupism. Um, and so that's something that I, I wanted to plant with my teachers. And so um, just saying, like, I wonder who was going to um, take the trophy. We had a trophy. Um, and just to see, like, teachers helping each other write their, their mission mm -hmm. statements. That's what they're called. Uh, we kind of remix songs. Um, and we put new words to them. A lot of schools do it. Uh, it, it ain't nothing new, uh, but MCP do it the best because it's cracking at MCP. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll say why other leaders don't do it. I think that it's all about staff buy-in and it's making students feel like they have equal parts in the school. Um, they wanted the idea. They The students brought the idea up um, and I just took it and I just molded it um, and I made it fit my family, I made it fit our community. Um, and so it was really us. I hope that answered the question. That was, that was some beastly questions. Yeah, there, well, look, uh, we appreciate you diving in on that on that question. I don't know how often you reflect on on that thing. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe often, but I, you said some, you said a whole bunch in there that really stood out to me, but you said something, and I think I'm gonna get this verbatim or pretty close, you said, if you're going to embarrass yourself in front of a room of people, you've got to you've got to uh, trust those people. And I think that there's a um, I am I am surprised and I say this without judgment, but I am surprised how often we work with leaders who will not uh, do that super vulnerable. Well, they don't have to have a chant con contest competition happening. Um, but who will not do the really vulnerable, um, really, um, you know, honest, uh, even, you know, it might even like I could be really humiliated if this doesn't go well um, and ha types of conversations and interactions and really put that stake in the ground that says, here's who we are. Here's what what we believe here. Here's what we stand for. Here's who we are for you. Here's who we're hoping you are for us. Yeah. And I, I think it um, uh, again, I say without judgment, I think it I think there's a certain amount of like I am. I've got to be willing to be embarrassed up here. I've got to be willing to be to fall flat on my face, to be humiliated for this to go poorly. And sometimes it's easier just to go about the business of A plus B equals C and here's my morning walkthrough and here's how I do suspensions and here's how I do um, than it is to, to put yourself out there in the way that leaders like yourself do. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank, thank you. Uh, when you in the moment, you don't never even be thinking that you'd be doing a good job. Like I just seen a bunch of people walk in. I'm like, YOLO, let's just keep going about what we're going about. Yeah. Um, and let's just do how we would normally do. Like, it's home, it's safe. Um, and I yeah. feel like even the kids were able to be themselves with the room full of people because they knew that they were home. They knew that they were safe. They knew that it was a place for them to right. make mistakes and to even fail. Like, you were there. We, we had to stop the music over a couple of times <laughs> for a couple of classes, and that was fine. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, and you know, Kirby, I've had a chance to see you in um, in action as well. And all of the things that we're we're talking about here require really strong relationships. Can you talk a little bit about? I mean, we say this all the time um, in schools that relationships are important. Um, just how important are relationships in schools? How important is it? Um, and then even when you're thinking about coaching, um, what what even with students and in schools and, and when you're like working with someone in coaching, how important is that word relationship? Mm, so I'm gonna be real for the record. So <laughs> MCP, if you're listening, I love you, but I gotta be me. Um, the first- Cayman Jack, the Cayman Jack is- is, hey, is <laughs> Mojito, uh, uh, yeah, the Cuban <laughs> Mojito. <laughs> um, the first part, um, I feel like, relationships is the foundation um, in any classroom with any scholar. Um, a lot of people will say, you give so much tough love to kids, um, but they don't know the work that was put into that relationship for me to even be able to throw tough love into the mix or to even be able to approach this child the way that I did is because we have a relationship. Um, and, I, and I mean, a relationship is, is deeper than just in this building. 
Um, like I, I'm intentional about going to their church. I'm intentional about popping up at a basketball game or their football game. Um, or if, yep. if they're on a traveling team, I drive to Chicago real quick and, and they'd be shocked. They see Mr. Kirby in the stands with the same little uh, megaphone that I used at school. I'm there cheering them on. Um, and that relationship piece um, is the foundation. Like you cannot get to any kid without that. Yep. Even more so, like you can't even really have an academic conversation if relationships isn't in the mix. Yep. What about yeah. with, with adults and teachers? Yeah. So um, this is the one where I said I'm gonna get myself in trouble. And so <laughs> if I got I this relationship, <laughs> if I got this relationship with you, right? You you have to know your teachers. Like I have to know you. What do I mean? Like if you've been saying that you wanted to start a podcast and our one-on-ones and we talking and I'm getting to know you and you still ain't started this podcast and you're letting me know right there that like, all right, she has a little bit of lethargy and we not, we, so when it's time for her to do her lessons or when it's time for me to coach, I got that in my mind now to where I know that she got these elaborate ideas and these dreams, but she struggles with executing. She struggles with motivating herself. And so it gives me that, that opportunity to be like, I need to over-motivate this person i need to really pour into them because i know that they don't have the 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 desire to do it themselves and so i'm like hey get it done you know what i mean going in there in their in their prep time making sure they actually using their prep time um but if you didn't have that relationship with them then you wouldn't even know that they struggle with time management or actually using time effectively or if things are going wrong at home you know you know there's you know as leaders your teachers share a lot with you um, and so they tell you about stuff that, that might be going on at home. And so then having to be able to be that safe space for them to share, because if they're not ready to go for kids and they're just unbalanced and they're not whole for children, um, it's just going to be a terrible day for everybody. And especially for me, because I don't want a bunch of kids in my office all day because, <laughs> you know, Shorty got having some issues with her baby daddy. <laughs> um, it's it's so simply to put, like, you just have to know these people. You have to have a relationship with them. Um, I'm very intentional with building relationships with teachers as well to where um, if I know you got a kid that's the same age as my kid, um, hey, let's do a play date. I want to see you with your kids so that I know when you're in the classroom, I see you give your child grace so that I know that when you're in the classroom, I know that I can use analogies or examples of that I saw when you were with your baby and how calm you were with your baby. Um, it's just giving me more, I almost said data on you. Like it's just giving me more info on you to really push you and to give you that leverage that might be needed um, to get you to where we want you to be, where you want to be. Hmm. Um, Kirby, switching, switching gears a little bit. You've talked about Milwaukee uh, a few times on this podcast already. Uh, you're born and raised in Wisconsin. You live in Milwaukee. Tell us what's what's great about living in Milwaukee and where should our listeners eat and drink when they get there? And this this is, this is a word salad of a question, but we also heard that you started cooking over the pandemic. So should they just forego the restaurants and come straight to your house and, and eat eat what you're cooking up? <laughs> tell us tell us where to go in Milwaukee. What's the best thing? And what are you cooking up for us? So Milwaukee is a beautiful place because we can't stop, we won't stop. Um, <laughs> kind of going back to your original question about like what, you know, what should everybody have? Um, resilience is kind of what I said. I can't remember exactly your question. It was like, what should everybody uh, Yeah, most important have? life skill, yeah. Yeah, life skill um, is resilience. And Milwaukee is that city. Um, it's that city. There's no other way that I can even explain it. Like NBA champions, we almost yeah. went to the World Series. Um, like Milwaukee is that city. We can't stop. We won't stop. We always striving for excellence. Um, we're we're a small big city. Um, yeah. and it's a little bit of everything. And so you still get that small, uh, town feel. And then you can get on a highway, a ten minute highway drive, and you got that big city feel. Um, I think it's the best of both worlds. Um, now, what, now I ain't gonna remember all that that all them questions now, Sonbert. So you well, have to where, chunk that up for me. <laughs> I will. I will. Um, where is? And by the way, you should be like the Milwaukee ambassador. <laughs> ambassador. 
I feel like okay. you are. are uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't handle the hiring for that job. I don't know if that job even exists, but man, uh, you are, you are uh, a great spokesperson for the city of Milwaukee, man, because um, you are, you, I mean, just, you just, you breathe it, you bleed it. I can tell. Where should I eat? Where should our, our listeners eat when they come to Milwaukee? And can you just cook for them? I heard you've been cooking over the pandemic. So where you should eat, it totally depends. So it's some Milwaukee staples that you just kind of got to go to. Um, yeah. The first one is like McBob's. McBob's has the um, corned beef sandwiches. They also got like the nachos, catfish on Friday. It's fire. Um, but we also got something called the Sherman Phoenix. The Sherman Phoenix is like the staple of Milwaukee. Um, and due to the riots, I don't know if anybody kind of been paying attention to the riots in Milwaukee. It was birthed out of that. And so a bunch of businesses, black businesses, um, came together, rented a space, um, and it's like a huge like hub. You can get uh, funky fresh egg rolls. Um, on Sunday, you can get some soul food brunch. You can go to the juice bar. You can get some ice cream. You can get some pizza. You get some buffalo wild wings. It's an amazing experience. It's called so Sherman. What, it's, is it, it's in, I assume it's in the Sherman Park neighborhood? Uh, close to it, yeah. Okay, okay. And what what is it? It's it's is it one one place or it's a bunch of places? So it's a bunch of places okay. in one space. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Where's another good place? Um, if you want a good brunch spot, you got to go to Sweet Diner. You got to go to Coffee Makes You Black. Um, you got to go to Daddy Soul Food. You got to hit a <laughs> Speed Queen. Antonio, um, are you writing? I see you writing. Antonio, are you writing? These I things? am writing. <laughs> hey, Dr. Vance, I got you. Next time you want to up. I got you. Shoot me a text. I got your lunch on me. All right. Well, I'm your dinner, whatever. That one. It's on me. Got I feel you. like we just left Sonberg. This ain't with you, Sonberg. It's on <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> I mean, what, he just uh, left. I figured, I figured Dr. Vance would be back before Somber. I will. I'll well, you there. have to actually, no, I'm coming back and I'm coming back. I'm flying back one week from today. I'll be back at your schools a week from tomorrow. But because um, just a quick turnaround, November's schedule was a little weird, but um, you won't have time uh, for lunch, though. Sorry. We won't have time for lunch. <laughs> Vance, it's funny. You wouldn't have to write these down if you actually listened to the show. You could just actually listen back, but you won't listen to our show, which I'm not sure. Kirby, hey, do you know what's what up with that? Yeah, I do yeah. know that he doesn't listen to this show. What's up with that? I, I can't. I, although I do recall our folks from Wisconsin making suggestions. Um, I, I don't I, I can't listen to the show once it's, it's recorded. I, I can't. I've never listened. You got to work it. on your social media persona, <laughs> like a little podcast persona. <laughs> You you gotta hey. know what's working, what's not working. You gotta give yourself feedback. Well, I will. I will from now on go to you and um and, and get some some coaching and feedback from you because I yeah I struggle with I listening to my own voice. But Kirby, they. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Vance. Go ahead. No, you go. Kirby, I was I brought the some folks brought me to McBob's a couple weeks ago and uh, I ordered a taco. Uh, I, I was starving and I said, uh, I'm going to get some tacos. And they're like, don't get some tacos, get one taco. And I'm like, no, no. What are you talking about? Tacos are like, they're like tiny. They're smaller than your hand. And they were like, not at McBob's. And I got a taco. That was, I mean, it was, that thing was a beast. It was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. Everything is big at McBob's. <laughs> the drinks, the food, personalities. <laughs> I just want to, I want to test this out one day because I'm there for work, but there are other people there who are like having there. It's a, it's basically a bar restaurant and there are yeah. people in there who are drinking beer at, you know, noon, which is <laughs> fine. Uh, but I'm like, what would, what would everybody here do if I just ordered a beer and didn't say anything about it? If I just like got a beer and just drank it and then went back to their schools, right? Like that's, I think people would say, what are you doing? I don't think it's Vance. You're shaking your head. What do you think? You should. Do you think we should try that? I I, I don't think we should try it. But I, <laughs> I think I know that team that it wouldn't. It would be. Um, they would be unbothered. Un, they would un be unbothered. Yes. It's Kirby. Wisconsin. That's what That's we do. Right. I mean, right. we don't drink during the day and go back to work. Let's be clear. Let me clear <laughs> no, that up. We don't do that. 
Um, you can't. You definitely but, can't drink and be around children. But if we were going back to like right. a central office and doing some planning, a couple beers might, a couple beers might let the creativity flow. They might look <laughs> at you if you didn't have a beer. It's Wisconsin, man. Kirby, what we are you are cooking? For what bars. are you? What are you cooking, man? What are you cooking? You, you you've been cooking over the pandemic. What are you cooking? Um. So I've been to the roots. Um. I've been going back to like grandma cookbook. Um. And so. Um, my great grandma is getting up in age and, uh, you know, she's a huge matriarch of our family. Um, and so now I'm trying to learn all of like the customs. I want to know all of our hold traditions. Hold on, hold on. You're, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you. Your great grandmother is still alive? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah, Nani. Yeah, that's my Nani. Oh my Call her gosh. Nani. Good for her. Good for you. That's amazing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I want she to got, make sure she got I a little boyfriend that don't none, she don't think that none of us know about. You know <laughs> that that's her boyfriend. Maybe y'all hugged up at the nursing home. Like we don't see him. He be trying to walk out when we be coming. No, oh, we see you, man. We see you trying to be up in my grandma's room. <laughs> um, but I've just been trying to make the classics. Um, I've been trying to make like cornbread, mac and cheese, sweet potatoes, black eyed peas, collards, um, all of the all the essentials that you think of um, in the black family is what I, I've been trying to get because um, you never you know, grandma's ain't going to be that much longer. And, um, you know, grandma's nowadays, my mama, my mama ain't no typical grandma. She ain't cooking for nobody. She about to go get her <laughs> hair done and get cute. So, <laughs> so somebody got to pass these tra traditions on, you know, to our families. And so I just been really trying to learn the staple. Um, but some of my, if you really want to, you know, eat my catfish is fire, sweet potatoes, right. fire, um, mac and cheese, fire. What? All right. Collard greens with the smoked neck bones, fire. Wait, Curry. is everything going to be fire? You're going to say every single Curry. thing is fire? <laughs> Kirby, I don't want you to, I don't, you don't need to take me out. Just make me a, you know, cook something on Sunday. That's what I'm saying. And just bring me a plate on Monday. We ain't, you ain't got to go. That That's it. That, I don't need, you ain't got to order nothing. No McBobs. We'll take McKirby's. Okay, McKirby. Oh, that sounds like a, uh, let me go ahead and uh, let me get the name of that. Trademark I want ownership. <laughs> I want to trademark that. I need ownership. <laughs> LLC. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, I love it. Awesome, man. Kirby, what's My going wife, on? She, with, she, she would be upset. What's going on with uh, this this like phenomenon now? This this Squid Game, John. What's going on with that? Yeah, Is we heard like, you're a big fan. We heard you're so a big fan. So who watched it? I, I watched, it. watched it. That's me for Halloween, like everybody else. Me and the crew, we all we even got like the black casket with the bow. We about to be carrying around. We we got the whole thing. What's going on? So my wife and I just ordered our costumes too, and so we the little simple, we the little letters. You know, uh, pass, I'm you know, a front and man. My, I, I gotta be a front man because I have control issues. Hey, nah. And my kids got all like the little I can numbers. attest to that. They're one, two, and three. We we hired a little, we ordered little jumpsuits and everything. I can't wait to shut down nice. Instagram. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so Squid Game is for any of you who don't know. Yeah, no spoilers, alert. please. Oh, is this gonna be a spoiler alert? No spoiler alerts. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is like Hunger Games. Mm. I really like a lot of like international TV. So it is, it's Korean, right? Korean? You got it. Yeah, it's it's like a Korean Hunger Games. You can't talk about it without, I guess, being, I mean, look, it's already November. Like, if you haven't watched it, like, what, what is your- No, 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 this is, this is a, is this is a different timetable than I'm on. When did you this know, come you've out? You've been flying here and fro. You could, you could be watching <laughs> while you are at the airport. Right, come on. Wait, Michael, you haven't seen an episode? You haven't seen a preview, nothing? No, I heard it's about squids who play tennis against each other. That's all I know. Well, that's what I'm assuming. Squids, squid versus squid. Squids, the no, squid so game. Isn't it, I did this incentive with my scholars, and they went crazy. They loved it. Like, they loved it. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't, you know, kill anybody. Um, but the games <laughs> that they played in Squid Gang, like, the teachers loved it. The students nice. loved it. It was fire. Um, That's good. That's awesome. So the synopsis of it is simply put, 
is that everybody has issues and money is the is what everybody is, is seeking. And so they play games to win money. Got it. Got it. Kirby, so like intellectual. People. I'd even that I, I have such a basic <laughs> thought of it. That that's a much more contemplative, holistic, uh, intellectual dive into that. I mean, you made it so, so simple. Wow. It's a great show. It is a great show. It's great. All right. It's next it. on my list. It's next on my list. Well, Kirby, what is I'm on see- your list now? Oh, we're watching this uh, show called Nine Perfect Strangers about this like retreat in uh, in somewhere. I think it's California and these rich people go there and there's this guru uh, who like coaches them up, but she's crazy and gives them drugs. They're on hallucinogenic drugs and there's somebody threatening her life through text message and they're not sure who it is. Uh, she's actually hooking up with a bunch of different people on the show and they're in relation. It's pretty, it's pretty juicy. It's not great. It's pretty juicy though. Wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a bullshit. Wow. If I've ever heard one, that was a bullshit. Wow. You are not into this show and that is okay. But do not hey, I, was, give me- I was expecting something better. <laughs> Kirby, what is something um, that schools are getting right in 2021? You know, we just went through some rough patches. There's a little bit of a crack of of sunlight at the end. What are some things um, that schools are are getting right in 2021? Virtual meetings. Hallelujah. (laughs) Virtual (laughs) meetings. What? What do you mean? Man, let's keep these all these meetings be virtual. Let them all stay virtual. I don't want to ever go to a meeting face to face anymore. Let it be virtual. Tell me more. Why? Why can't you meet with folks face to face? I met with you face to face. I've been in, in a meeting yeah. with you face to face. What's going on? I mean, that's that's different. Uh, not wearing deodorant? No, it, it's just like you know, everybody is required to wear masks. Yeah. Um, you know, have to just elevate your voice a little bit more, um, even in the sense of just like that, that comfort of being at home yeah. or working from home has been beautiful. Um, and sometimes it's like, why do I need to drive, get in this car, drive to this building, have this meeting when I could have been in my office still even more intent- attentive because I'm actually invested and this is the only thing that is here. Um, so keep that. Let's not ever change that. Let's keep all meetings virtual. All right. Yeah, I, uh, I would say when, President Kirby has spoken. So <laughs> <laughs> Kirby, I wasn't I wasn't following your logic until you said, and I have to get in my car and I have to drive there. And I was like, oh, I got it. Because when you say like I've got to elevate my voice because I'm wearing a mask. I'm like, mm, I don't know you for that long, but I don't think that's a problem for you at all. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, I, I get it, right? I get it. Tell me, Kirby, last question, man. We'll get you out of here on this. What if you could change one thing across all schools in 2021 into 2022, what would it be? What was the thing you, if you could change one thing, wave a wand, you only get one thing here. It's gotta be like, just, just name the thing. Not, not a ton of narrative about it. What's the thing, and what, 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 what are you going to change? Ooh. I have a lot, but the one I feel like that in my head that is yelling the loudest, um, I would say, is I would provide way more funding for therapy in schools. Mm. Like, I think every grade should have a therapist. Wow. Uh, Teachers uh, should be going to the therapist, too. I was going to say. Everybody should go. Everybody should have a session with the therapist. You just beat me there. I was going to ask. You think teachers as well, adults, staff, everybody uh, create a more therapeutic environment Mm -hmm. in buildings? Everybody should be required to go to therapy at least once a week if you work in schools. If that was my magic wand, I will wave it and say everybody has to go to therapy once a week. 
Well, brilliant. I think that's the the mic drop moment where uh, I don't know if we were looking for, but that we got. Can I just do a drink check? Where's everybody? Kirby, Vance, you done with those drinks? <laughs> Vance is done. <laughs> Kirby's slacking. That's empty. <laughs> oh, is it empty? No, it's it's a, it's a little bit. It's a little oh, bit. Oh, bro, what's going on, man? I'm empty. Uh, you are. I got a little bit of water left. No, um, Vance had a big glass. He had a big glass. Kirby, what's your thought? Did you hear the whole pop music conversation before you got on? Am I right about pop music or is Vance right? And don't just side with him because of the of the fraternity connection. So you made some points about like Justin Bieber. You know, this late, latest album, like Peaches, I'm not going to lie. Like that is the cut. Right. But now will I say like pop music is coming back to how it used to be? I, I think that pop music is now hip hop. I think that Pop is now hip hop. I think that the whole like pop genre, it really doesn't exist anymore. Cause like Lizzo is hip hop. Justin Bieber will probably side more with hip hop. All right. So I am gonna so now I have a double mission. I'm gonna make a mix for both of you, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm gonna put it's gonna be a handful of songs, but I'm gonna put a handful of what I think are great current pop songs. Uh, and I'm gonna send your way. Both of you, can you both promise that you will listen to it, even if you hate it? Can you both promise you will listen to it? How long do we have to listen to it? <laughs> what do you mean? What's your time frame? What's your time frame by when? You mean by when or how long do you have to, how many chances, how, mu how much time do you have to spend listening to it? Or like how many songs do I have to listen to before I decide? <laughs> okay, forget it. I'm not sending it to you. I'm, forget it. That's my answer right there. Uh, we are going to sign off here. I am. I am. I've been shamed into not into not uh, not promoting my pop music theory. That is okay, Kirby. Man, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, will you come back at some point and uh, talk to us some more, man? Would you, Would you do that for us? Man, I would love to do that, and I'm grateful to even be here. Well, we appreciate you coming on um, and uh, and sharing your wisdom with us, man. I, I just got to say, I just personally love the work that you're doing. I love the way you think about the work. I love what you're bringing to the table for scholars and adults in your school and in the city of Milwaukee. And um, thanks so much for uh, for for being a part of the show tonight. We appreciate it. And um, on behalf of uh, Antonio and the team at Skyrocket. We are signing off. We'll see you all next time on Informal Observations. And until then, keep on rocking. You just listened to Informal Observations with Skyrocket Educator Training. Sign up for our mailing list at wewillskyrocket.com and tune in to our next episode.